Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP Practitioner Course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. NLPwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. What's up, Driven Entrepreneurs? Welcome back. It's Matt Browning, and we are here ready to rock. You know, there's a lot of parts of running a business. There's a lot of parts of setting up yourself to win. And one thing that a lot of our listeners and you might have in common is, most of the entrepreneurs I know, especially in the coaching speaking space, um, either have written a book or want to write a book, or maybe you're one of these people that has a book on your heart and you're like, you know, I never thought I would write a book, but I want to. And to me, I think the entrepreneur journey always encompasses at some point in the journey, having a book, fiction book, nonfiction book. Many of the people I've been interviewing over the last few years, you know, successful business owners, successful CEOs, but at the end of it, at some point, they come out with a book which brings together the knowledge. And we spend a lot of time in this world talking about nonfiction books, but today I want to pivot onto fiction books. I think it's something that's it's an underserved uh, goal, need, desire in the, in the authoring space. And I, for one, I'm a big fan of fiction books. I love, you know, the psychological thrillers. I'm a huge fan of like Lee Child and Jack Reacher series and, and um, Vince Flynn. And a lot of these guys, I just, I really enjoy getting into that whole other world and that kind of brain candy, as we call it. My guest this week is Michelle P.W. She's a best-selling award-winning fiction and nonfiction author. So she's done both sides. And on the fiction side, she does, I can't wait to get into this, psychological thrillers, mystery, suspense books. Um, she's written five successful fiction books. She's also written uh, books on the uh, nonfiction side as well, including love-based business series, um, it shares all about how to sell more through love and build a solid, profitable business on the foundation of love, not scarcity and fear and greed and all the other things that we can fall into accidentally. You're here because you care about the same thing she cares about. Um, in addition, she also owns a copywriting and marketing company and has sold nearly $50 million in products and services. And she's the host of the Write Inspiration Podcast. That's W-R-I-T-E Inspiration Podcast. Michelle P.W., are you there, my friend? I am, and I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Look, I'm staring at your at your picture here. Um, that's got to be one of those author pictures. Would that be a picture you'd use on the back of a book jacket? How do you pick a good picture yes, for the back of a, of a book jacket, by the way? <laughs> yes, that is actually a picture. I think that is on, on the back of my book jacket. Now that oh, my gosh. It. There you go. So, look, if it's good enough for your book, it's good enough for Zoom, that's for sure. <laughs> when, <laughs> I want to start at the beginning, if I can, when you were growing up, and I always kind of start with these questions, when you're growing up, did you always like 
literature, writing, English class? Were you writing things on your own and little stories? Or is this something that happened later in life? What was childhood uh, Michelle like when it comes to writing literature and books and whatnot? Well, that's a great question. When I was three years old, I actually taught myself to read because I wanted to write fiction so badly. I, so I know started that, very early. That's one of the, <laughs> the earliest, youngest on, uh, origin stories I've ever heard. Three years. What are yes, you reading uh, at three years old? I was reading. I, I taught myself to read with the book Old Hat, New Hat. I still remember it because I, I had to memorize it. Um, and then so it was I, I memorized it. And then I, I went back over and over with the memory. So I knew what the page was. And then I just kept saying the words over and over again until I finally, finally recognized the, the letters with the words on the page. And and you said you wanted, you learned and taught yourself to read so young because you wanted to write fiction books. How do you know how you got it in your mind? Mom or dad, were they writers? Were they encouraging? Did you see something on TV? How did that, that idea get into your brain? No, it was not my parents. They neither. I mean, they both read, um, you know, my, my, well, my mom used to read. My dad wasn't much of a reader. He's a, he's a scientist. Um, I wanted to capture the story. Yes. I wanted to capture the stories in my head. So I had these stories in my head. This, I, this, I'm, this is very clear to me. I remember this. And I wanted to be able to capture them and tell them. So what I was doing before I could before I could write and read, I was drawing pictures. And I was drawing what I was calling happy face spiders, except they look like little suns with little, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not, a, even to this day, I, I think I can't draw. So, um, but so, but they look like little suns. And, and if they were a happy story they'd be happy most of my stories were happy so that's why they're happy face spiders and then if, if it was a sad story it was sad face spiders but we didn't have any sad face spiders so so that's what I was doing but I was so I remember being so frustrated because I would draw these pictures and I was using the pictures to remind myself you know to, to so I could then tell the stories to my mom and dad and uh, but I couldn't remember the exact words and it would frustrate me because I would tell the story to my mom and then I would tell the story to my dad and the story would be different. And I just, this bothered me to no end. So I knew I had to learn to read so I could actually capture the actual words. So hence sitting down with old hat, new hat until I taught myself to read. Wow. So you just had these, because I don't remember, like, I think most kids tell themselves stories and they have these stories in their head, but would you fancy yourself as a fairly creative person naturally? Like, are you creative in ideas and space, you know, around your home or anything else? Or is it strictly like you think in stories? How, how do you describe that, I guess? So I'm not visually, I'm not really visually creative. So no, there's nothing really in, in my, in my space that I would say is, is, is creative, but in terms of stories, in terms of writing, in terms of ideas that I give, like, you know, for businesses, I mean, this, it has served me well with copywriting and marketing because I do have ideas for campaigns. So I guess my creativity is, you know, like I can't cook either. <laughs> so, so there's really you're, a lot I can't company. do. <laughs> you're in good company. <laughs> Can't cook, I can't garden. uh, I can create (laughs) in business and speaking and I'm, I'm really good at some of those pieces, but yeah, yeah, none of the other stuff. No way. Okay. So you're not really that way, but you're telling stories early on. At what point did you start getting into, how about this one? What was the first book or first story you remember writing clearly? Did you, you bound a book or you put it together? Did you do something in school? Did you do something as a kid or was it not till later on? 
I think probably the very first thing I did was this little book for my dad that I forgot about because my dad used to travel a lot and I and and, and I actually created because I was afraid he was going to forget about us. <laughs> so so I oh wanted gosh, him to that remember. That is so sad. <laughs> I know he. It, it was. I know it was. It was kind of. A, I don't know why I thought that. But how was, old are you? How old are you thinking this? <laughs> about like four i mean i wasn't i because okay. i could write so at that point so so i had like i did have pictures and, and some simple words and but i had pictures of us so my dad would remember us and it was probably about and then i actually bound it up with staples and i gave it to him and he he brought that thing you know i was like 10 years old and he showed me he was still carrying it on all his travels so. oh my gosh <laughs> look I, i'm a father myself and if my son made me a book so i wouldn't forget my family on the road which I'm on the road a lot. Yeah, I would sure. sleep with that thing night and day. <laughs> That's I, what he I can did. see that. <laughs> wow. Okay, so you're you're just kind of you're this type of person. What what was like school and college if you went? Like what what was that like? Were you fairly academically successful? Did this come easy for you? Or even though you like stories, did you have to work at it and was it was it were there challenges in uh, in academics for you? Um, other than math, math is hard. Well, hey, um, come on. But... Who, who doesn't think that? <laughs> yeah. So it's funny because my friends were all really good at math and chemistry and biology and, and physics. So, you know, I was actually taking those same classes with them. And um, yeah, it was it was actually I'm glad I did. My dad's a scientist, too. Like I said, he's a cancer researcher. So um, it, it, so. I, I'm not, my brain doesn't work very well with the maths and the hard sciences, but I had enough exposure to them that I get them. So I'm glad I, I went that route. But um, school was not very difficult for me. I mean, I think I had a 3.3 average and I didn't really study very much. And, you know, and I got into University of Wisconsin-Madison um, and that, and, and um, other than foreign language, you know, and I, well, I didn't take any math in college. I actually, I actually was able to test out of it, which made me very happy. Amen. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so that wasn't bad. And, you know, and the thing is, is that I was always driven to write. Like when I was 16, I was trying to figure out what I could do to make a living while I worked on my fiction book and everybody said, be a journalist. And I went, oh my God, that is the last thing I want to be. So um, it wasn't until college that I kind of discovered the wacky world of copywriting and then and that <laughs> went from there. Copywriting. So, so why did journalism turn you off? Was it not being in control of the narrative and story or why would you think, oh, no way for that. But then copywriting, you're like, oh, heck yeah. Either way to me, when I hear it, I think you're telling a story, right? You're creating a narrative. Yeah. And maybe on one time you're reporting, the other time you're trying to sell a product. But what's the difference for you? How do you how do you break down the different styles of writing? You know, that's really interesting that you say that. Nobody's really. I had one person kind of ask me that, but not in that particular thing. I think it's because I didn't I I didn't like the way art. I I didn't like the way newspaper articles were written. Like that style of writing, um, you know, very kind of third person um uh you know kind of objective i mean i learned how to do it i did actually write for newspapers and i and right now i'm writing for podcast magazine so sure um i'm the fiction i'm the fiction category director big surprise um so i am writing longer kind of more featurey articles um but i think it was i felt more constrained by that writing style than i did other writing styles and copywriting 
you know, there's a lot of similarities between copy and fiction. And no, not we're not making things up because I, I always have to start there because I feel like that's what people think. But it's the idea that you are creating a um, you're creating a, an environment. So for fiction, you're creating a reading, like you know, like you're 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 creating a world that, that and you're inviting the reader to step into this world with you. Uh, for copywriting, you're creating a buying environment. So like almost like a like you're taking them like if you're in a, a, a store like a car you know a, like a retail store um you would walk in and you'd be in like a, a manufacturer you know um what's the word i'm looking for but you, you'd like have a chair you'd a dis, you know a display room you know it would be it would be a physical environment you're creating a online environment an online buying environment for people to write the story so it just that that sense of creating a world um a, a world that doesn't really exist i think that was actually probably the difference because really a, a newspaper article you are you're supposed to be reporting on something that you're supposed to be <laughs> whether or not you are or not you're supposed to be reporting on a world that that does exist you're not creating and you're not supposed to be creating an alternative re, uh, universe so i think i'm thinking that's kind of where it is that's really interesting so so what what i hear with that is say i'm doing a long copy website sales copy for a product and like a chiropractic pillow, let's say, yeah. are you sort of saying that you have to create this world that didn't exist and it does exist, but maybe the person wasn't aware that it existed. So you're making this world of this is your life and this is what your night is like. And, and this is the pain that's in this world. And here's this whole, the importance yeah. of beds and sleeps and pillows and all this stuff. And you're like laying the foundation for there and then talking about the problems, solutions and so forth. Is that sort of along the lines? Am I thinking right? Yeah. Yeah, it's an, a showroom. That's the word I was trying to say. It's like you're creating an online showroom, but you're creating it in a person's head. So if they, because they, if they were in an actual show, showroom with the chiropractor pillow, you could bring them in, you could show them the pillow, they could lay it on the bed, you could explain things that way, and they're actually there in this in the room. But when you're doing it online, or if you're doing it like a, like a mail, like a direct mail, that's that was a, or an ad or something where they are not physically in the showroom, you have to create. Um, you have to create that almost that that desire in their head so that they they want to take action and that's really what it is so it, yes i mean it, it the the chiropractor pillow is real the the facts are real so you're I, i'm not i'm i'm not saying we're making anything up that that is not a good thing to do in, in copy and marketing you should always tell the truth no, no, uh, I but I, I think i think we get you on that but yeah but yeah. You're, you're creating yeah you're this. creating this, this visualization and creating this image in their mind, right. this showroom, that's really cool. Um, so what, what was the first book that you, did you start with nonfiction or fiction? Because I know you've always had this fiction on your heart. Did you just think I'm going to be a fiction writer and I'm going to make it big as a fiction writer? And yes. did you care about the business of fiction? This is kind of the two-part question. Did you care about no. the side of it? Or did you just think, I just want to write a book and who cares what happens? Or I'm going to write a book and it'll probably sell a million copies and be the next Harry Potter. It was definitely well, except except I'm 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 too old for Harry Potter. So when I was when I was thinking about it, it was like <laughs> right, I'm right. going to write a book that's going to sell a million copies. And you did um, you did hope that okay? Yes, and I was because at that point, well, see, when I grew up, it was it was traditional publisher or not or nothing. Because I mean, at that point, they called them vanity presses, which is really a, a, a very kind of a you know derogatory term. Um, if you wanted to self-publish and um, and you were talking about buying books and storing them in your garage because you had no distribution. So there's no internet. It was all very difficult. And when I was 16, I actually wrote my first 
fiction novel and it wasn't very good and I've since lost it. So I can't even, I don't even, I, I remember it wasn't, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't very good because I've read other things that I wrote when I was 16. Michelle, that's going to be worth a lot uh, of money later. <laughs> if we, if we can ever find it. <laughs> if we could find Michelle um, P.W.'s original first novel. Oh my God. <laughs> So, and I wrote it on a typewriter slash kind of computer. It had these little like computer cassette discs that we saved them on. It was before floppies. Anyways. This um, is outstanding. Okay. I, I, so I, that I one, let's, let's say that one doesn't count. Know, it was <laughs> what was the, so what was the title of the first book you wrote that you believe was going to be the bestseller? So Mirror Image was the book that I then started in my 20s. And I kept working on it on and off until I finished it like in the early 2000s. So what am I? Let's see, I'm 51. So I guess I was in my 30s. Wait, no, was I that old? I get, oh my God, I'm, I'm so, so yeah, I guess it's 2020, isn't it? Carry um, the one, divide by two. No, I know. no, I can't be. So, <laughs> not math, not math. Not math. So I guess I was in my early 30s um, or late 30s, somewhere in there. Anyway, so I wrote Mirror Image and then I wrote, Stolen Twin. And I did actually find a publisher and an agent. Um, they didn't say yes. Um, they were very interested. Um, but I didn't, I was, I wasn't able to, it was with Phantom Dell. I wasn't able to get a deal. And then I got very discouraged. Um, but what Amazon did, and you can love Amazon or hate Amazon. And I understand, I understand both. Of course. Um, so, but what Amazon did was they allowed people like me to actually create a fiction business. So they, they basically opened up the flood. I mean, the traditional publishers must absolutely hate them, hate Amazon, but I mean, I, but Clearly. they do sell a lot of books. But they threw open the floodgates. And every year since Amazon did that, when they opened it up with Kindle, um, with their Kindle product, the traditional publishers have lost more and more market share. And right now, I think it's about almost 60% of the income goes to independents of all, and 40% goes to the, to the traditional publishers, a little bit more than 40, like 42 or something. So they are losing ground every single year to independent uh, independent writers like me. So now it's possible to actually create a fiction writing business. And so I'm, even though I really did want, and there's a part of it still wants that dream of the Stephen King or the Harry Potter, you're sitting at home writing, you don't have to worry about the business of selling or marketing. I actually do love marketing. Um, I mean, that was another reason why I kind of like really just love copywriting kind of went into it because I do love marketing and I do love selling books. So I took that entrepreneurial spirit I have building a copywriting company and I was able to transfer it to building a, also, you know, building a company selling fiction books. So having a copy selling fiction books. So let, I, I, I want to hit a couple of different avenues here, Michelle, is one, let, let's start with the writing process. I think there's, again, I'm on this list. I've had in my heart a few different kinds of stories and things um, that would, I think it would be really cool. Like, I just want to have written a fiction book or two, you know, I, I'd like to have a right. story. I'd like to have the creative process. Can you speak to what's the best way to start this and maybe, you know, the the five minute version of uh, of a fiction writer's masterclass. Where should we start? What are What's a major method to use? And maybe some do's and don'ts that might not be fairly obvious? So the place to start is really just sit down and write, which I know doesn't sounds like horribly simple and <laughs> horribly complicated at the same time. Um, so it's, it's really just, I mean, the, the, 
you know, some people are, um, some people write outlines, some people write um, our seat of a pantsers, you know, that's what they call them, they call them pantsers because they don't have an outline for a plot. Um, it, it really depends on your comfort level. So I will say that writing a fiction book is more difficult than writing a nonfiction book because fiction books um, are, you have mo multiple things going on. I mean, you have the, 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 just the writing, which is, the, you know, part of it, but then you also have a plot and you have characters and you have dialogue and you have descriptions. So you have all these things kind of layered on and the more, um, and the, and the better job you do with that, the more, usually the more satisfying of the experience is for the the reader so um so chances are your first book is really going to suck um non-fiction books i think you can write i think your first non-fiction book can be pretty good because non-fiction books are you know you're you're just kind of you're sharing, you're, you're teaching something. And it's usually a lot easier also to get an editor in to really fix it. You know, fiction can just be like this huge, it's like a, the, it's like a tangled wire. Like, you know, you have this, the cable. Very much. Yeah. It's like, you've got this huge ball of wire you're trying, and you've got like five wires all tangled up in this giant knot that you're trying to untangle. That's a fiction book. Um, so it's, Sounds promising. I would say, yeah. So, well, well, part of why I'm saying that is because I, I think really the best way to do it is to just is to just get I mean, there are there are books out there you can read if you want to kind of read about kind of like how to write a story. And I think and that's not a bad place to start. But really, the best place to learn is to just do it, because you're going to learn a lot with your first book. And, and, and maybe you can, and, and it, it may, and it may be fine. Like you write your first book and then you can go back and do some heavy edits and that book is perfectly fine to publish. It may be that you write that first book and, and then you just realize that the flaws are too deep and you need to write a second book with the second book because you wrote the first book, the second book is so much better. So I would say the way to really, to really do this is to work is to see if, if writing a, a something creative will make your soul and your heart sing. Because if it will, then make it be like a self-care practice for you. Um, so this is something that's just going to feed your soul. It's going to make you happy. It's going to put a smile on your face. And if that's what motivates you, at least in the beginning, then you're probably going to be able to write the one or two books or whatever it takes to really get them done. It just becomes another to-do, which it can do when you actually have a fiction writing business. You're trying to make a go of it. Um, you know, that's obviously a different mentality. But if you've got a lot of other things going on, like I know, you know, your father, you've got a business, you've got this and that and the other thing, you know, putting this on as a heavy to do, I don't, I think that, that may just, that may, that may like, you know, block your creativity and really just keep you from enjoying the process. And really, if you're not enjoying the process, then, then why bother? Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Cause again, for me, it's like, there's a lot of things, at least this is my take. There's a lot of things that are easier yeah. to sell than a fiction book. And there's markets that are easier to break into than the fiction writing market. So if that's the case, if you just want to sell a bunch of books, like go down the not the nonfiction, go start speaking, go, you know, there's different things to create. So definitely I, I'm with you. Like if you're going to write a book, write it because you love it, write it because you want to write it, write it because that's a joy to you. Do you have any quick tips on like how to, because I, I get exactly what you mean. You can't schedule this heavy to do. Um, yeah. and then stay creative. But yet what I find is on the other side is when we have this creative thing we want to create, it can be really challenging for that reason. But on the flip side is if you don't schedule it and you don't carve out the time, it's just this big blob of undoneness that you can never do. Do you have any tips for how to schedule without staving the creativity? 
Well, I don't mean to say it's saving the creativity is scheduling because I do think discipline is kind of, you know, what was it? I think I was Hemingway or was that Faulkner who said like, you know, um, I only write when I'm inspired and luckily I'm inspired every day at eight o'clock. Um, so, <laughs> well, so and that's I, what I mean is what, what are some tips that you have that people should try yeah. out um, to tap into creativity, but also have it regular? Okay. So I think trying to make it as small as possible because that, you're right. I mean, writing a book is such a gnarly process. And so I think 15 minutes a day. So if you can just schedule 15 minutes a day, and this is your, and think of this as your creative fun time. And, uh, and if you do it every day, so first thing in the morning or over lunch, it, it, it is amazing. I did this process when I went back to writing with the, the series that I published now, and I was able to write my first, the first two books in that series using this 15 minutes a day thing. And the, and the idea behind it is schedule the 15 minutes and just do something on during that 15 minutes. And that something can also be just staring at the screen, but you don't check social media. You don't answer the phone. You, you shut the door and your kids can't bother you. Um, this is your time to sit with your creative project. And however that looks, if it's writing, even, even if it's writing something that you rewrite the next day, um, is it doing some research? Is it plotting? Is it just staring at it whatever it is is perfect you can set a timer and after 15 minutes if you're done you're done if you want to continue then obviously you can continue that's probably the best way to do this because just and do it every single day that momentum of, of living in the world of your story every single day is going to that's what's going to keep you going that's what's going to start to build on itself and it's going to make the process so much easier Thank you. That's actually quite good. Let me, I, I want to ask now about the business side of it as we as we come to this time in, in the interview. Um, what's some what what's an idea that we should start with if I want to in fact say yeah I want to do a fiction business I want to sell. Um, what's the end in mind that we should be starting with? Is there a certain like a genre we sh we should be picking a content type or is it hey you pick the content but follow these practices self-published, big publisher, there's a lot in there, but essentially what's your guidance for how to start out if we want to be successful in the business side of a fiction book? This is a great question. So I would say you want to write to market. So so I, I think that's really good to define. Let's define before. that. Yeah. So basically there's like 5 million different genres and subgenres. I mean, like, it's like if you go to romance, they have um, paranormal romance, reverse harem, you know, which, you know, which is on the erotic side. Um, but there is so many, but that's just one tiny little genre. Um, there is so many genres and subgenres. Like you talked about, um, like, like Lee Childs, that's, that's like thriller, you know, that that's in the thriller market, but then I like write psychological thrillers that are, um, a little bit more like Gone Girl, you know, so there's little, there's, and that's the thing. So there's just, so you need to know what trope, what the tropes are and the tropes are, okay. So like for romance, you, um, if you're writing a romance, like let's say you're writing a romance, like an enemies to lover romance. And then in that trope, you've got a man and a woman and they don't like each other in the beginning, but by the end they are in love. So that's the kind of things that you, um, you, you have to know what your reader expects. And then, and once you so you have to have the or like if you've got fantasy you know if you're writing high fantasy which is something like um 
you know, with King, you know, like, like kind of a Game of Thrones type of thing. Um, so you, you want to have those tropes in it, you know, there, that, yes, there can be magic, the magic works this way, that kind of thing. I mean, it's not that you can't bend the rules, but you have to know what your reader expects. And, you, and the more you can give something that your reader is expecting in that genre, uh, cozy mysteries is something completely different. Um, so, I mean, and there's so many of them. So I would say whatever you love to read and whatever your ideas are, it's really good what you just said to read a lot in that, in, in that genre. So then you know what the readers expect. And then you can write the book to match what the reader's expecting. And then when, you, when you're done with the book, make sure your cover fits the trope. Make sure your title fits the trope. Make sure your description fits the trope. And then I would also say plan to write a series. Okay, well, let's, let's just quickly break down what you already said first. And I think that's important, yeah. whether it's any business, it, so often it's easy to start with the product and say, this is the product yes. and how am I going to sell it? But in copywriting and you're saying in fiction writing, same thing as you're starting with the marketplace and you're saying, okay, who are these people? Let me get clear on who they are. How old are they? Right. What are they looking for? What do they love? What it, and then getting specific on the sub, sub, sub genre, paranormal romance. I mean, like it's pretty yeah. specific. And it's like, if that's what they, this is who they are, that's what they're wanting. And then you don't need to copy someone else, I'm assuming, but there's certainly no. modeling, right? Like where you can, yeah. would, you, would you encourage the modeling of the general writing principles of some of your favorite authors in those, in those genres and kind of the stylish, but bringing your own maybe, and that's a whole nother question. Yeah. So you definitely, you definitely want to bring in your own. So, um, so, and so no, this is not really copying or even modeling. It's, it's creating a story structure that your, that your readers are. So like, for instance, like, like you wouldn't want to try to market a, like a paranormal romance, you know, this is like a romance with vampires and put it in the Western genre. I mean, that's a real obvious, but you see, that's what I mean. I mean, people who read Westerns, like if, if this book popped up with like vampires, you know, nobody who is looking in the Western category would, would would read it because they don't want to read about vampires. They want to read about cowboys and Indians and whatever else is in the. And the vampire know. people want to want to be in a in a bog somewhere. They don't want to be in in a yes. western with horses and saddles. Exactly. Yeah. They don't want. They don't want any of that. So they. So the, so that's the thing. So it's like in a romance. It, you know, like if you're going to write a romance, it better be a romance. Um, <laughs> or, you know, right. Better, right. Um, and 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 but then there's different types of romances. Like so so and that's why like if you read if you go to Amazon. It, you can see like in in the subtitles the independents are, are really big on this more than the traditionals you can see with like i have like a, a gripping psychological thriller now it's very clear people who are looking for psychological thrillers they see the subtitle oh and then they they that's like a so you you there's clues um like the the enemies to lover if you go into the romance you see a lot of enemies enemies to lovers romance um or steamy or sexy those are obviously the more erotic um or clean or sweet which is no sex so they actually so that's how that those are those are little key words that the the authors will put so that the readers know that they know what they're expecting because readers want i mean they want the story to be different they don't want it to sound like the other story they want right but they want like if again you know they want they want it to be no sex they want it clean then then market it as clean if they want a lot of sex then you better give them a lot of sex or they're going to be disappointed and give you bad reviews no that makes sense and, and as a reader more than a writer almost i've done two non-fiction books but no fiction but I, so i classify myself as a reader it's hard it's almost like if you ever like ended a tv series you know that you loved yeah. and then it's like you want to get into a new series because there's so much enjoyment and the characters right. 
but it's hard to buy into a new one. I hate starting series because I don't know yeah. if it's going to be the same vibe, the same kind of enjoyment I have from the last one. And book series are the same thing. It's really hard for me as I read all of Lee Child's books and I read all of Vince Flynn's books. And I've, you know, as you start to finish an author, so to speak, yeah. it's hard to like fall in love with a new author because it's like, I don't want to experiment. What if it's not enjoyable? What if it doesn't go as fast? And I found a book that, man, it took me like six months to finish, but the part of my brain said, you got to finish this. And it yeah. was a good story, but it just didn't flow. I can finish a Lee Child book in two days. This one took me six months and I couldn't tell you what the difference was. Yeah. Structure wise, but it didn't fit. So I want to yeah. know what to expect for sure yes. in a book. And that's exactly it. Like I, that's, and that's what you want to look for. That's why, that's why readers will say this because exactly that or writers will say, I'm sorry, because they want it. They want to let the readers know if you like this book, um, try try my book because of because of that exact thing because yes readers are looking for the same experience they don't want to just pick something and then it's not the same experience because then that's disappointing to them how important is the book cover you mentioned that and I want to talk about oh. that because in the nonfiction world the advice I give to every client who's writing a book is you know it doesn't matter what you like it doesn't matter the color you want to do it you need to look at what the other nonfiction books are that are best selling that are in your genre that are in that your people are buying and make a cover that looks like that kind of a book, right? Not again, not copying, but it should look like that style of a book. Do you agree with that? And does that translate into fiction as well? That absolutely translates to fiction because uh, here's what I think. Like if you ask readers, do you, do you, do you pick a book because of the cover? They will say no um, because they don't, but I, but, but they're the, lying. I, I don't know. <laughs> yes. They, I, I think they, I think they just don't, they're just not aware. <laughs> what I, how sure, I would that's a nice it. way to say it. Yeah. yeah. So the way readers and think of this for yourself. So you, so the, the cover, the first thing you look at is the cover. That is the absolutely. So the title and the cover. And so if the cover fits the trope, then they'll read the description and, it, and they'll usually, they'll almost always say the description is what pulled them in. And I'm sure the description, and the description is very important. Um, because that's that's the second piece of it, but they they will never get to your description if the cover doesn't fit what they're looking for. So again, like if you are if you've got a book with with a bunch of vampires on it in in the western genre, no one's going to read your description. It could be the best western in the world, but they see vampires and they're like and they and they go to a different book. So that's why you have to. So if you don't have if your cover doesn't fit the genre, they're going to assume that the, the book itself is not going to fit and they're going to skip over it. And in addition to that, um, I know it, it can be very, it can feel very expensive. You know, you pay for, pay for professional editing and, oh my God, now I got to pay for a professional co cover. Pay for the professional cover because if your cover looks homemade, your reader is going to assume your book is, it, it was not edited properly and it's going to be full of typos and, every, and everything else. And again, even if everything else fits, if the cover looks unprofessional, they're not going to buy. Yeah, if I if I'm a, a stay at home author, they're gonna there's gonna be an assumption, right? That it's it's a quality thing. You yes. know, they're gonna assume that okay, you know, this is your first book, you're not very good at it, that's fine. So pay for a quality cover. I I couldn't agree with you more. There's nothing worse than getting a book with an obvious, you know, five dollar Fiverr cover. Um, and and I would say too, like go to someone who you know I do a lot of podcast graphics in the podcast world for people. Um, and because I have a, a team that knows how to do that, that knows how to make it look like a podcast graphic, that makes it look like 
a, a graphic that's in that genre. Same thing with book covers. It's like you need to make sure that someone knows how to make it look like a book cover, if that makes sense, versus yes. just because anyone, any moron can put your name and a title and a subtitle and change the fonts around and position it, you know, in a, um, in a publisher file or whatever. That's not hard to do. It's making it look like a file, making it look like a, a cover is, can be really uh, challenging. So Michelle, as we wind down here, I just want to say a couple quick questions. Let's do some rapid fire. How do you feel about that? That sounds, that sounds great. I okay. love rapid fire. Rapid fire. Um, I've never written, should I write a fiction book? Yes or no? I think you should. I think everyone should try. If you, if you feel like you should, you want to write a fiction book, then yes. Number two, um, I haven't written yet. Should I write a nonfiction book or a fiction book first, provided that I have both on my heart? Um, so rapid fire, come on, rapid fire. I guess (laughs) they're both so different. Um, I would maybe, maybe start with dip your toe with the nonfiction. Dip my toe in the nonfiction. Very good. Um, self-published go for a publisher. We're talking 2020 now, or should I look for a hybrid publisher? I would self-publish. You're going to make more money. Self-publish more money. Very good. Yeah. Um, create and you, and Amazon a, or another source. Um, it's it's no longer create space anymore. Oh, it's KDP. Right. And uh, yes, I would say go. I would say start with Amazon because you can get it all done free. That part of it. If you go with Ingram Sparks, it's more expensive. And the other thing too, it's a self-publishing. Is that it? it you're unless you have a huge platform, you're probably not going to get a traditional publisher that will market for you. So you're going to have to market yourself anyways. You might as well get 100% of the royalties. Very, very good idea. That's true. And people misunderstand this big publisher deal. They don't, they're not giving you money. They're giving you an advance. If you got a contract, if you have a huge following, if your social media is hundreds of thousands, they might give you an advance in sales commissions that you're going to use to market your book, but they're not going to give you a check for a hundred grand and say, here you go. You're paid. Well done. You also have a writer's toolkit just to pivot into this is our final section here. Um, Resources that every writer should have, but don't know they need. You have a writer's toolkit. It's a resource bundle for any writer, fiction or nonfiction. You can find that at lovebasedbiz, B-I-Z, lovebasedbiz.com. Tell me some resources that, that you have and also what we need that we don't know we need maybe. So marketing is probably the most important thing because yeah, if you're, you're, and the other thing traditional publishers have started doing is clawing back royalties or advances. I mean, so just because you got the advance doesn't mean you're going to keep the advance. Oh dear. Yeah. um, So I would say marketing and that's what I, that's, that's something because I do love to do. And so um, that's what you'll see is, is learn to market, learn to market your books. And that's because if you market your books, you're going to be able to market everything, your business, you know, if you can't go wrong. So marketing, 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 and then tell me a little bit about what, what we can find in this resource bundle, your writer's toolkit at Love Based Business. Sounds like a great thing. I should certainly grab hold of that. Tell me a little bit about uh, the writer's toolkit. So right now it's got a, a checklist. I'm going to be adding to it. And right now it's got a checklist in there that it's going to help you promote both your nonfiction book and your, and your business for free. So I've actually have 20 ways you can promote both your nonfiction book and your uh, business for free and then five paid ways. And I do think everyone should have a, a small advertising budget for their book. Couldn't agree with you more. You know, it's like when we do writing, it's all about writing, but really it's all about marketing. If nobody buys your book, then you just wrote a book. And hey, it's nice to say I wrote a a kid's book just for my kids to read and then it sold 8 million copies. But that is the one literally out of 8 million people who has that happen to them. 
The rest of us need to market our books. Michelle PW, you're amazing. Thank you for coming on the show and thank you for, uh, congratulations to all the success and the books. Um, last question is what, uh, what is that series that you're working on coming up? Do you have any working titles you can share? What's the, uh, what's the main, what, what's this book about? I know you're, you're doing a series book now. So um, it's the Secrets of Redemption series. The first three books are out. It starts with It Began with a Lie. And in fact, the audio version, I do have a, I do have a, a audio publisher and that with um, a pretty famous narrator and that's just being launched. And then, so the first three books take place kind of in the now. And then the, and I'm doing a prequel on it. And yes, they're all psychological thrillers. Um, so I'm doing a, a prequel and that's what I'm starting at, at this moment in time. And I think the book's going to be called the sum, um, the, the summoning or not the summoning, the summons or the summons. I think the summons is what the I'm going to call it. The summons. I love yes. that. And Hey, since, since you mentioned this and I don't know if this is, <laughs> this is fair or not, but, um, if you tell me this, if you like this book, you'll love my books or is there a genre of books that we already love that if you love these, you'll love your books too? So, um, Gone Girl. If you if you like Gone Girl, then the, these are definitely um, kind of kind of twisted. And I also, if you like stuff that's got <laughs> some super, twisted, yeah. And if you got some supernatural, um, it, it began with a lie. That, that series takes place in a in a on in a haunted house, but maybe it's not haunted. So I really play with the idea. And even if you don't like paranormal, I ha there's plenty of reviews that say they don't like supernatural, paranormal, but they still like these books. So it's um, it kind of plays on: is this a haunted house? Is it not a haunted? house so you know so what's going on so that's that's what i really play with that is awesome well hey keep on writing and we'll keep on reading thank you michelle thank you all right guys that's the show this week so wow michelle pw uh, really fun to just have a conversation in the mind of a, a fiction and nonfiction writer and a marketer um, you can follow michelle at michelle pw books on facebook and on Twitter, it's Michelle PW. Um, her last name is very complicated. So Michelle PW is all the brand. And then make sure you go to love, uh, lovebasedbiz.com and get that writer's toolkit. If you have a book in your heart or if you're working on a book right now or considering it, you definitely want to have someone like Michelle in your back pocket who successfully navigated the field. Um, very, very excited. So thank you again to my guest, Michelle PW, for coming on the show. That is it for us. Get out there this weekend. And hey, Maybe don't go out and do all the crazy traveling. Maybe don't go off and push the business. Maybe this weekend, carve out 15 minutes a day and start writing. Write that novel, like Brian from Family Guy. You know that novel you've been working on? Well, maybe start, start writing it 15 minutes a day. I love that. I'm going to start that as well. Let's rock and roll and let's write something. Stay driven. All right, I'll see you. Bye-bye. <laughs>